The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Check one, two, check one, two. All right, we're ready to rock and roll. Ladies and gentlemen, it is season three, episode 50 of the Daily Intermission Podcast. I am Greg. I'm back in studio. We got a lot to talk about, as you know. The sports world is absolutely humming right now. It's one of the better kind of windows of sports that we get throughout the year uh, with these playoff races alive and well in the NHL and NBA. We've got NFL free agency just wild. March Madness is alive and well. The Masters is just around the corner. We had the World Baseball Classic going. Opening day is a week away. It's just tremendous. The amount of sports we have going right now, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the pregame show, i got to shout out our the presenting sponsor, Manscaped. Ladies and gentlemen, head over to their website. You want to be groomed up this spring, this summer. You want to be looking your best. You know, you want to keep things tidy. So go check out the Lawnmower 4.0. It's an unbelievable razor. You can get the Platinum Package, which comes with ball deodorant, a, a weed whacker for your nose and ears. It's just the best men's grooming product on the planet. Over 8 million men trust Manscaped to keep themselves groomed. Listen, go over to their website. Use the code TDI for 25% off and free shipping. Use the code TDI for 20% off. I'm not uh, I'm not dishing out that extra five. Uh, but listen, it's an extremely great deal. Um, and go check out their stuff. It's uh, it's really uh, it's quality things. And if you have hair, then they've got conditioner and shampoo as well, which obviously isn't targeted at me, but that's all right. All right, folks, uh, a lot to get into in the pregame show here. Uh, a few things I wanted to discuss before we dive into quarter one, which we'll talk about the World Baseball Classic, March Madness in the NBA. In quarter two, we'll talk about some NHL. Quarter three, we'll talk about the PGA Tour in the golf world briefly. And then in quarter four, we've got um, just a little bit of uh, NFL, UFC, and, and MLB to talk about. I said it was going to be the preview show. We're going to hold off uh, until uh, Tuesday. But uh, last night on TikTok, uh, obviously, you know, uh, I, I feel as if I'm, I'm holding my own uh, in the podcast chair. But I, I think to really showcase not only my full potential, but to enjoy the podcast uh, to its, you know, to its fullest, I need to have someone to talk to. Uh, you know, it just develops different thoughts and you can kind of go down different rabbit holes and, and I can show off my humor. Like I can't make myself laugh. I can't tell jokes and, and have funny one-liners and, and things of that nature. It's just a podcast is meant to be a conversation in, in some aspects. So um, I, I released a video on TikTok saying, listen, folks, I need a new host and uh, I'm going to pick five people. There was a lot of entries, a lot of DMs, uh, people interested. And, and clearly, I mean, that's an exciting opportunity for some people uh, to think that they might be able to, you know, host a podcast uh, that's seen some traction. And, and so um, I think I'm going to pick five guys and we'll, and, and we'll do different episodes and we'll see how you guys feel about each, um, you know, um, a new host. And, and uh, hopefully we can kind of get them on regularly because I've been saying for a long time now that I need a co-host and, and I really went through with it on TikTok. But the funniest thing, okay, so I wake up this morning and I'm looking through my DMs. And there's an aerobic athlete in my DMs wanting to do the podcast. I was like, I was looking at it. She's got like 45,000 followers on Instagram. I was like, is this, 
is what is going on anyway um i don't know what you guys how you guys feel about that and when i say aerobic athlete i mean someone who's in the adult film industry um so anyway it's it's a female and and i i was i was losing it um so um i i don't know how you guys feel about having a conversation with her i might just have her on to interview her um to be completely honest with you i think that could be a hilarious interview um a little bit out of my um expertise uh, but I did check out some of the tape and, and she looks like she knows what she's doing. So uh, I'll keep you updated on that front. But it was it was hilarious. It was it definitely put a smile on my face this morning. Uh, but yeah, so the new host, I'll keep you, I'll keep you guys updated um, with uh, with everything on that uh, front. But uh, listen, so I've got uh, I've got uh, my brother, my younger brother, Taylor, and then I've got three stepbrothers. And, um, you know, I'm always kind of poking in and seeing how they're doing. And, and uh, two of them are still in high school and. One thing I learned is that I, I and I don't know if if uh, in the United States they do this, but like in high school we had high school dances, and even in middle school we had dances. And I mean that's kind of when you start to lay the foundation for your Riz game. Like that's kind of when you learn how to approach the opposite sex and have conversations and get in close and have a slow dance. Like I remember some of the slow dances I had in middle school. I mean I just put on a clinic singing. And, I mean it was Serenation City. Is serenation a word? Anyway, I would serenate. Um, anyway. It, and then in high school, I mean, you kind of get into the nonsense where you might have a couple beers or a couple drinks and you go in and, and you have a great time. And I really enjoyed those social outings in high school. I looked forward to them and they don't do them anymore. I was astonished by that. I'm like, what? What do the students have to look forward to on a Thursday night or, a, you know, and, and anyway, it, it's just it, it just kind of made me think like COVID has Okay, I am recording. Holy smokes. But COVID has thrown a wrench into so many different, you know, aspects and avenues and segments of of, of, of society. And it's just take, like, how do you not have dances? I mean, it's, it's crazy to me to think that. Um, but I was thinking too, you know, and I don't know if I've discussed this on the podcast right now, but, or before, but you know, which age was kind of the ideal to be in COVID or fight through COVID. I mean, we know we lost in Canada, like two and a half years, you know, there was really, I think one year of, of isolation, but I mean, life was not the same for like at least two, two and a half years. Like we're just coming on a year where the mask restrictions were lifted here in Nova Scotia, where I live. And that, that to me is crazy. But I mean, I think about like being retired, like that would be terrible. Um, you know, all my parents are retired and, and, um, and I mean, like they lost out on travel and all of the fun things that you want to do. You've just worked a full career. You've, you've banked some cash that you can go, you know, do some fun things and you're unable to do that. You've got to sit at home. And I think about, uh, you know, the, the grade 11, 12, first year, second year university students, anybody, any year university students in your undergrad, that would have been horrible, horrifying. The social life. Uh, that they were stripped of. Uh, but I think that, you know, I think your 20s, your late 20s, early 30s were kind of the ideal place to be uh, in, in regard to dealing with COVID. I think that that might be um, the best years. I mean, being a parent of young children would have been terrible. Um, but I think that that, you know, I, I'm thankful and I, and I think that I reflect and, and, and I don't think I was affected by COVID as harshly as that some other people were. But I mean, you know, the fact that they don't do high school dances anymore, I, I would love to see a full list of like the, you know, what has COVID done to society to, to affect it, neg to affect it negatively. And I mean, some things would shake your head, but, uh, anyway, that's, uh, that's just kind of my rant, um, in, um, 
in the pregame show. I didn't want to mention too, I'm doing a, a TaylorMade giveaway. I talked about it last episode. All you've got to do is follow me on TikTok and follow uh, TaylorMade Canada. You're entered into the draw. We're going to be drawing that for that next Friday. Um, and make sure you're in the chalkboard app. We did get a few niblets of conversation going, but guys, post in the chalkboard app. Start having a chatter. Start having some chatter. Uh, it's a great community in there, and I've got to do a better job at posting my bets in there, which I'll do today. Maybe I'm just going to make a new thread of Greg's bets. You can see how much I'm getting rinsed. Um, but uh, I think I had, a, I had a half decent showing on TV yesterday, so I'll, I'll talk about that later on. But uh, make sure you're in the chalkboard app. Uh, but without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, we've got a lot to get into, so let's get into quarter one. And we're starting things off with the World Baseball Classic. And at the beginning of it, I wasn't overly captivated by it. A lot of it was confusing confusing to me. I talked about how it was being played in, in different uh, countries around the world and how um, you know the, the 12 teams, I do believe, or maybe there was 20 teams that were in at originally at the world world baseball classic. It was just a lot to handle for me, a little overwhelming. Um, I hadn't watched it in years past, but as we got down to it, as the quarterfinals came in the semis and the finals, it really grew on me. It, it was, and it got the attention of millions of people worldwide. They did a great job. Um, and it just goes to show that international competition will always be captivating and the patriotism and, and just the pride that people have playing for their countries and, and their roots, uh, you know, their family roots from, from different uh, areas and, and friends and family and, and, you know, uh, it's just, it's an amazing, amazing event. And anyway, we got, the, the the MLB and the baseball world had to be thrilled because we got the two biggest baseball markets in the world, Japan versus the United States in the final, which was an incredible game. Um, so we're, I'm watching the game and, and uh, the U.S. goes up one. I think, I think it was Trey Turner who hit the solo bomb, who had an incredible tournament. Uh, but the uh, the U.S. goes down 3-1 early in the game. And uh, in the eighth inning, Kyle Schwarber comes up, hits a bomb. That guy hits clutch bombs every, you know, as soon as his uh, meaningful game is being played in baseball, Kyle Schwarber comes up, big beard, huge dip, and just rips bombs. Um, but it was it was amazing. And I think that, I don't think that this could have been a better closing. But in the in the, in the the top of the ninth, I think it was the top of the ninth, uh, Otani's closing for the Japanese uh, pitching against his teammate Mike Trout and strikes him out to end it. So obviously Japan wins the World Baseball Classic um, and they guaranteed it's coming back in another three years. It will return in 2026. But, you know, what a way to generate some... It, it just got me immersed in the baseball world it just in such a fantastic way. And I think other leagues can take a page out of this book by saying, wow, what a, you know, what a time to host the world championship getting years kicked off. And I know that Mets fans, you know, with Edwin Diaz, the closer there is injured and with Houston Astros fans. Um, gosh, I, why can't I think of his name right now? Jose Altuve. Thank you. Um, uh, you know, he uh, he banged up his thumb. He'll be out uh, for uh, for a few months. But, you know, obviously there's going to be injuries. These guys aren't, you know, bubble wrapped. It's 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 going to happen. But all in all, I thought they did an amazing job. And, and it, like I said, I mean, international competition is amazing. They need to figure out how to do it in other sports. Uh, but all in all, I thought it was amazing. I, I'm sure that a lot of you watched the game. Um, I had a few different games on the go, so I was checking in on it. Um, but all in all... World Baseball Classic, huge success. Congrats to the Japanese, um, Lars Nubar, Sohei Otani. The list goes on. That lineup was juiced. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it was uh, it was an incredible way to to kick off the uh, the year in baseball. So, um, but we got some March Madness to talk about, ladies and gentlemen. And it's the round of 16, 16 the Sweet Sixteen, and uh, we've got eight games. 
and and that they kick off today. Uh, so yesterday for the listeners, but we've got Michigan State versus Kansas State, the seven and the three seed. We've got Arkansas and UConn, the eight and the four seed. Florida Atlantic versus Tennessee, the nine seed and four seed, and Gonzaga and UCLA, which is bound to be an absolute heater. So let's just make some predictions here. I'm riding Michigan State over Kansas State. I'm riding UConn over Arkansas. I'm riding Tennessee over Florida Atlantic. And I'm riding Gonzaga over UCLA today. So those are my picks. Um, And then tomorrow we've got Alabama taking on San Diego State, which I'm assuming Alabama will win. Houston versus the U. I'll take Houston. Uh, Princeton versus Creighton. I'm taking Princeton and uh, and Texas versus Xavier. So the Sweet 16 is set. I'm sure all of you guys will be watching. If you have any bets, post them in the chalkboard. Uh, but it's funny, the U, the Cavender Twins, who are two absolute rockets, two smoke shows that have gained you know, millions of followers on online. Uh, they play for the U and the, and the female side. They had a huge upset this week. So I haven't been over following the, uh, the women's March Madness bracket too closely. Uh, but I know the U's been on a bit of a run, and the Cavender Twins are, are turning some heads in more ways in more ways than one. So, congrats to them. But yeah, the Sweet 16 kicks off today. We'll we'll be following that closely. Um, but let's just move into the NBA here to close out quarter one. Demar Derozan. So, as you guys know, I do live on the line, which is nationally broadcasted uh, in the United States on Valley Sports Networks and and Stadium. Um, and it was actually hosted yesterday. I, I'm typically uh, uh, Danny. Uh, Klupik, I do believe her name is. Anyway, she hosts the tennis channel uh, on big tennis events, so she'll travel around to the majors, and she's usually the host of the show, but she was out. Um, and then Cam Smith, who does a show with Shams, and uh, he's the, kind of the backup, but he was their third string. But Michael Kim was the host of the show yesterday. He used to be the anchor for ESPN Sports Center, so I know a lot of you guys were reaching out saying, no way, you were, you were mixing it up with Michael. So, you know, Michael and I were going through my bets yesterday, and my first NBA bet yesterday, I went two for two in the NHL. I'm not sure if that's good, but I, I, I was talking I was looking at DeMar DeRozan. So his his over-under on his points were set at 22 and a half. And this is where I get a little bit, you know, concerned about how much Vegas, how much information Vegas knows. And I, I mean, I know they could have never predicted this, but DeMar DeRozan's over-under was set at 22 and a half points. He had been over that in four, in five straight games. He's averaging close to 26 points per game. We all know DeMar DeRozan. And they're playing the 76ers, which is going to be a good game. They just ended their 76ers uh, uh, eight-game win streak uh, two nights ago. And I'm like, okay, listen, this DeMar DeRozan is going to be involved. He's going to be dialed in to keep this close. He's going to have to score points. The numbers show that he'll likely hit this over. I, I think it's a little low, and I hit it. DeMar DeRozan went 0 for 7 from the field, injured his quad, and had four points. Like, that was a huge kick in the nuts. Anyway, DeMar DeRozan, you, you will not be getting bet on for the rest of the season. I was devastated. Uh, but John Morant made his return, ladies and gentlemen, uh, after an eight-game absence, an eight-game suspension for, uh, you know, using firearms, not using firearms, but playing around with firearms and being in strip clubs and all of that nonsense that he's been up to off the court. Uh, but he looked pretty good. He came off the bench. He had 17 points. He had a big poster over Kenyon Martin Jr. Um, all in all, John Morant looked solid. So the Memphis Grizzlies continue to buzz, and uh, that team could be scary so they're definitely thankful to have John Morant back but um, he uh, he didn't look like he missed too many beats so he did come off the bench which I found interesting he'll probably be back in the starting lineup next game Carl Anthony Towns has been ill I think since November made his return and they were able to hold off the New York Knicks Julius Randle had 57 points against the Timberwolves so the Timberwolves they're they're well in the playing games right now I think they're seventh in the uh, in the west they'll have an opportunity to climb into that top six uh, but that's a huge 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 get 
for the uh, f- for the Minnesota Timberwolves, clearly to have uh, Carl Anthony Towns back in the lineup. But now I know Anthony Edwards is dealing with a little bit of an injury. So if they can get him back, I, I do like that team. I mean, you think about Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns uh, as your front court. I mean, that's a lot of size to deal with. Um, Paul George strained his knee. What a time of year to strain your knee. Anyway, with like 10 games left, the Clippers missing their right-hand man from Kawhi Leonard. That sucks for them. Uh, they're a team that's, you know, that, that I, you know, have a, I, I, you know, I think that they could come out of the Western Conference uh, if they were fully healthy. But hopefully Paul George can get ready for the playoffs. If not, that's going to hurt their chances, uh, I think, uh, down the stretch and into the playoffs. Um Austin Reeves, I wanted to talk about Austin Reeves. So he's the white guy on the on the Lakers. You guys know all know Austin. So Austin's got a pretty cool story. I mean, this guy was he was a high school basketball stud. Uh in the uh in the high in his in his high school championships, he put up 73 points in tri- and uh, had a triple uh, overtime win um in uh in the um, I guess state game. Like just an absolute beast, but he went undrafted or he wasn't recruited to, uh, to college, I guess he walked on at Wichita, ended up transferring to Oklahoma, didn't get drafted into the NBA. I mean, just just a wild ride for the guy. But he ended up uh, walking onto the Lakers in 2021, so a couple years ago. He's starting to get lots of play on, playing time, and he put up 35 points the other night in the NBA. So Austin Reeves showed out. I thought it was a, kind of a fun story uh, for that guy. So, I mean, perseverance. Uh, you love seeing it. I love those types of stories where nobody's giving you a chance. Nobody believes in you, but you got that dog in you. You know, you, you know deep down that uh, you've got it in you and you, you just don't quit. You know, they, you, Tony Finau said it on the full swing. You know, winners are just quitter, or winners are just losers who never quit. And just finally here, folks, uh, it was an interesting story I was reading about Kevin Durant and uh, and Ray Allen. So when Ray Allen decided to to hop over to the Miami Heat, we all remember uh, when he went and joined uh, Bosch and LeBron and, and D. Wade, uh, Kevin Durant was rattled. Um, you know, Kevin Durant actually just cut him off completely as a friend, would publicly kind of, um, you know, trash him a little bit. But I guess after Kobe's death... Um, in uh, in 2020, Kevin Durant reached out and they've mended their friendship. And it's you know what I, I think you know a lot of people are like that. And and maybe it's a nice lesson um, for you know a lot of people that you know if you have a friend or or someone that you know you, you maybe didn't see eye to eye and and uh, you haven't talked to in a while or or you hold a grudge or blah 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 blah. You know life's too short. You know it's uh, you know and things happen quickly in, in life and 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 really you know tragedy is you know can happen so you know make sure if you have a friend that you haven't talked to in a while or you know you've got uh you know people in your life that you you may not be giving enough time to or, or you have the ability to send them a message you know go ahead and do so you know look down at your phone look at the contact say listen i haven't caught up with that guy in a while let's go check in on him um, but yeah, the NBA, obviously we're, we're 10, 10, eight games away from the playoffs. There's going to be a lot of jockeying in that Western conference, but it continues to pour out lots of content. So, um, we'll continue on into quarter two. Um, and, uh, and we'll talk about the NHL. And, and so I guess one of my takeaways from the world baseball classic, it was obviously interesting, uh, Connor McDavid, who we'll talk a little bit later on in the quarter about, uh, he was, he was in an interview uh, in his dressing room talking about how the world, the sports world was talking about this Otani versus Trout and talking about Japan versus USA and talking and just really immersed in this world baseball classic. And it, and the, the MLB wasn't even going on. I mean, the international competition is it's almost mandatory in sports. It's so captivating and it, and it draws a global audience. I mean, we all know, you know, how big the Olympics and world cups and, and world baseball classics and, and just all of these events, they do so much for the game. They're so exciting. 
exciting and you get to, you know, it's just tremendous. And, and I think back to 2016 when they did the world cup and in, in hockey, I enjoyed that. Like, I don't know why they just flopped. Like they just did it and said, now nah, we're not doing that again. Like, why not? I thought it was awesome. The Nathan McKinnon overtime goal. Was that a first Europe? Oh man. I forget who that was against, but it was incredible. Um, but the, the international hockey, we're coming on a decade without it. We need it. Like, like I just think about Canadians, like Connor, like Connor McDavid, Sidney Crosby, Nathan McKinnon as a line, like, like Brad Marchand, Mitch Marner playing. I mean, it's just, it's so fun to think about the different combinations of lines you could have for different countries and how stacked the United States and Canada would be. And I mean, Sweden would be awesome. Finland clearly would, would be able to field an amazing team. I don't think Russia would be playing because obviously, anyway, we won't get into that, but um, it, it just needs to happen. The NHLPA and NHL need to figure out a way to get international hockey best on best in the mix. And, uh, and that's just that, that is rhetorical at this point. Um, so yeah, hopefully that happens soon. Hopefully they can, they can figure out a way to do so. And it's going to suck because, you know, Sydney's aging out and a guy like Patrice Bergeron's aging out and Steven Stamkos. These guys are all guys who deserved another opportunity, but guys like Connor McDavid and Nathan McKinnon, they clearly are itching to play at the international stage. Best on best. Um, just kind of moving on the NHLPA. So the uh, the NHL players voted on some different categories um, on uh, on you know the best goalie, best you know style, like just different kind of categories of of uh, of different player uh, positions throughout the league. And I wanted to kind of go through them and talk about them. So uh, the first one we have here is the NHL players voted on. Uh, if you need to win one game, who would you want uh, in between the pipes? 53% of the players voted Andre Vasilevsky. The second was Igor Shosturkin at 4.8%. So clearly, Vasilevsky is the guy around the league who you do not want to face. And then if you want to win a game, he's the guy. Um, in a must-win game, which forward will be most impactful? Yes, you guessed it. It was Connor McDavid with almost 60% of the votes. Sidney Crosby, 11%. Nathan McKinnon, 8.4%. So, um, obviously, there, there's kind of the big three there for Canada, but 53, 59% for uh, for Connor McDavid. Uh, this is interesting here. Who's the top defenseman in the league? 64% of the league voted Kale McCarr. 11% Victor Hedman, 6% uh, for Roman Yossi. It's funny because none of those names will probably be involved in the Norris Trophy winners, and and uh, they're voted on to be the best defenseman in the game. But, obviously, Kale McCarr winning uh, not only the the Norris Trophy, but the Stanley Cup and the Conn Smythe Trophy. He's the best goaltender, the best stick handler in the league. This is interesting because you think about, I mean, I think about when I think about stick handling in today's game, I'm like, well, Connor McDavid, just the speeds that he plays at and the ability to handle the puck. But almost 50% of the league voted Patrick Kane. Only 28% of the league voted Connor McDavid. So the league thinks that Patrick Kane still has the silkiest mitts. Who's the best passer? Went to Leon Dreisaitl at 25%. 13% went to Patrick Kane. Uh, Nikita Kucherov, sneak name with a 10.5%. Uh, who's the most complete player in the NHL? 30%. Sidney Crosby, 18.8%. Patrice Bergeron, 17%. Alexander Barkov, and 11% to Connor McDavid. So 30%, most complete player to Sidney Crosby. Um... Which player do you least uh, enjoy playing against? What would you love to have on your team? Oh, no surprise here is Brad Marchand with 37% of the votes. Um, who affects the game most around the net? Forward or defenseman? Joe Pavelski. Uh, we all know he's an amazing uh, he's an amazing net front presence, can tip the puck, works on that religiously. So Joe Pavelski got the most votes in that category. Who's the most underrated player? Uh, Alexander Barkov. I, I feel as if he's been the most underrated player for like five years now. 
I mean, at, at a certain point, you go you go as the most underrated player for so long that people understand that you're pretty damn good. Uh, which female hockey player would you most like to play uh, alongside? Marie Philip Poulin ran away with it, and Hillary Knight actually uh, was the second there. Um, uh, which arena has the best ice? The Bell Center. Interesting one there. So the the NHL uh, PA voted on those, and and that's uh, that's cool. I mean, uh, you like to you like to see that the players were voting, and and uh, some interesting uh, obviously standouts there. But uh, but kind of cool that uh, it was the first time they'd done that. I think in a few years. So the NHL PA player pool. Um, all right, but back into the NHL, folks. Uh, Connor McDavid last night against the Arizona Coyotes. He hit. He now has 18 goals in his career, 23 games against the Arizona Coyotes, and he has hit the 60-goal mark. So he is the fourth guy in the last 30 years to score 60 goals with Alexander Ovechkin, Austin Matthews, and Steven Stamko. So, I mean, for a lot, of, he's going to win the Rocket Richard. It's a, just a formality at this point. So, I mean, just... He, I think at times we get numb to the fact that, you know, what he's doing is just absolutely outrageous in today's day and age with the advancement in goaltending, advancement in equipment, advancement in training. It's just it's just outrageous how much he dominates. And the overtime winner last night, just Connor McDavid continues to be such an electric player. And they continue to be my Stanley Cup pick. Uh, I've got a future bet riding on them, and I'm not going to, uh, to get away from it. In the preseason, I told you guys to hammer the Edmonton Oilers to win the Cup. I believe that Connor McDavid will win a Stanley Cup. He's that good. And you have another top three player in the world on his team. They just need to figure out who... Jack Campbell, that guy's a... Anyway, they just need to figure out some goaltending because Matias Ekholm has been a friggin' machine for them as well. So, um, just phenomenal there uh, for the Edmonton Oilers. Hopefully, they can get some goaltending because I think they can go on a run and, and meet uh, meet whoever has to go out of the, uh, the, the bloodbath there in the Eastern Conference and, and meet them in the finals. Uh, the, the Penguins played the Avs last night in the Battle of the Nova Scotian Superstars. Sidney Crosby to open up the scoring when he dangled the defense onto his backhand and Sidney Crosby, if you're unaware, uses like almost a straight blade. He went backhand bar down. It was a vintage Sidney Crosby goal. Um, but the Pens ended up winning on the road. Uh, they're in a dogfight right now with the Panthers uh, for that final spot in the, uh, in the, in the wildcard uh, race uh, right now in the, in the Eastern conference. But uh, did somebody predict the Penguins to beat the Avalanche on the road? It would have been a ballsy bet. Actually. Yes, I did. Um, but the uh, Chicago Blackhawks, uh, this is an interesting one here. They uh, they are going to end their Pride Jersey night um, to protect some of their Russian players. Um, I think just you know if you're a league, if you're um, you know if you're a decision maker in the league, I think you just the jerseys. It just seems like you have to go a different route. And I think about the Ottawa Senators. They lit up their arena with different colored shirts. They gave shirts to their fans uh, for Pride Night. Um, and just kind of did rainbow uh, shirts uh, across the arena in different sections. It looked really cool. Um, I just, I don't know if it, if the controversy and the uproar, I don't know if it's worth doing and, you know, putting some players, I guess, in an uncomfortable position. I just, I, I think that they're going to have to move on and find a better approach to, um, you know, celebrate not only the LBGTQIA plus community, um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it just doesn't seem like it's working. It's causing too much uproar. Uh, and I do believe that they'll move on from, because that's three teams now that have canceled their nights. Um, and then when the, when teams do go through with it, they got players sitting out. It, it's just not a great look. Um, so, and people obviously are just focused in on the negative. So we'll see what happens on that front. All right, folks, world golf championship match play this week. 
And uh, I was listening to the broadcast uh, last night. This is this is going to be the last World Golf Championship. It sounds like that the PGA Tour is going to get rid of the World Golf Championships. Uh, obviously, these have been kind of the elevated events in the past, but now uh, with the PGA Tour deciding to have their own elevated events, it doesn't sound like that uh, they're going to be coming back and doing these World Golf Championships. So hopefully, they find a way to do the match play because I don't care what people say. I'm I really enjoy the the uh, the match play. Um, obviously. You know, it's it doesn't crown the best golfer through a four day golf tournament, but it's just head to head. You can go make your ten, you can go make a nine, and it's not going to affect the match. I've always been a huge fan of match play one v one. It's fun to play, um, but uh, but the guy I'm watching this week is Ricky Fowler. So Ricky Fowler obviously is having a great year. He's really having a bounce back season. It's great to see. He is. He's in that top five guy of face of the PGA Tour. He's that impactful for the PGA Tour. And I mean, in his glory days in kind of the mid-2000s, I'll say early 2010s, um, this guy was the, I mean, he was electrifying junior golf around North America. And, and just, he, he's just such a fan favorite. Ricky Fowler, he's just, he's he's just incredible to watch. Um, and uh he needs to win four matches. He needs to get out of the group stage, and then he needs to win one more match, and he gets into the Masters. He qualifies. So, so I mean, it, it came as a tall task. He's in John Rahm's division. So he takes on John Rahm yesterday, goes down two in the first three holes. I'm like, this is it. Ricky's not getting into the Masters. He comes back and beats John Rahm. So Ricky Fowler, that's a guy to watch this week if you're following along. He needs to, he's really going to be the only guy I'm following like extremely closely is Ricky because I want him in the Masters. I mean, he came fifth, I think in 2016. He, he likes that golf course. So we need Ricky at the Masters. So we'll be following along and hopefully the DIRME is pulling for him. Um, but it was a fun first day. I, I'm not going to lie. I did, I, like, I'll be completely honest. I did the DraftKings lineup and five of the guys lost. Victor Hovland lost to uh, Matt Kuchar. Uh, Tyrell Hatton lost. Matt Fitzpatrick lost to JJ Spawn. There were some big upsets yesterday in the, in the uh, World Golf or in the... Uh, in the match play, so it, it, it's a fun one to watch. It, it, it's gonna get it, it's a grind if you want to win it. So you play uh, your first three round robin uh, rounds Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then it goes down to uh, the Sweet Sixteen and uh, quarterfinals on uh, Friday, Saturday, and then there's the semis and finals on Sunday. So you got to play 36 holes on Sunday to win this thing. It's it's awesome, uh, but some interesting news in, uh, in in the world of of Rory McIlroy. So Rory McIlroy went to Augusta, Georgia. And uh, last week, sorry, I was just taking a sip of coffee, which I'm going to take another one here. So Rory went down to Augusta National uh, last week, did get in some practice rounds. I guess he played 54 holes. I guess in one of the 18 holes he played, he had 19 putts. Um, he's shortened his driver. And an inter interesting one here. So for all of you golf nuts, you'll know Augusta. Like Augusta is like one core. Like it's one of like a few courses that you can literally go hole for hole for. Um, but the par five, 13th. So you think, okay, 11 is the tough par four that goes straight down. There's a pond on the left. Typically, I'll say 70% of the shots you watch in the 11th green end up on the fringe fairway area right of the green because of the water left. Um, and then you go to the par three 12th, which uh, is a, a par three that has a pond in front. It's like a nine iron, eight iron. It's like the T 
T-Box looks like it's immersed in the crowd. Um, and obviously that is a massive turning point hole. But the 13th after that is a par five. And you'll think about it, it's just it's just tree mulch, tree lined uh, right, like OB left with a stream going left. And then it just dog legs kind of downhill left with a pond in front of the green par five. And some of these guys, if you have a good drive, will hit like eight iron. Well, I guess they've extended that hole. So the par five 13th will be much longer this year, which is going to be interesting. Um, so yeah, Rory, he's adjusted his equipment. He's going with a shorter driver. He's going with a Scotty blade putter. If you haven't seen that, you can go uh, golf WRX on Instagram with a great equipment account. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see how he plays. He rinsed, um, who was he playing in the first round? Anyway, he won his first round at the world at the uh, match play. So, um, interesting news there. I'm, I'm so excited for Augusta two weeks away. Um, from today, we get our first round at Augusta. I'll be on a flight to Ottawa early that morning, getting in and sitting my arse down and fire and firing on all cylinders with bets and just watching. I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about it. Um, and just with all the live guys coming, uh, it's just going to be amazing. Uh, but for the one and done, for all the people who are in the one and done pool, we've got the Punta Cana this week, which is kind of that tier two event that they host when there's these world golf championships going on. Um, and I picked Joel Damon and I think maybe half the people will pick Joel Damon. It's a very weak field. I won't even be following along with it. So it's shitty that I didn't address that earlier that we could have picked world golf championship match play people, but that's all right, folks. All right, folks. It's the uh, it's the it's the final quarter. It's the uh, it's the quarter four in NFL, UFC, MLB season preview. Actually, I don't have MLB season preview. I just all I'm going to say in the MLB season preview front is that we're going to do that on Tuesday. Um, but in the NFL, some interesting news here: uh, Foster Moreau, former Vegas Raiders um, uh, tight end, uh, he he's a beast. I mean, war number eighty seven, just a big dude. Um, anyway, he was going to sign with the uh, with the New Orleans Saints and was doing his physical, and they ended up finding uh, find, they ended up finding lymph uh, lymphoma. Uh, so he's he's battling cancer, uh, which is just awful, awful. So our thoughts go to Foster Moreau, and hopefully he can beat cancer and come back. Um, but uh, but that's always tough news. I hate it. Hate cancer. Um, you know, obviously it's affected me closely in my life, and I just hope that uh, Foster Moreau can uh, can overcome that and come back to the NFL. Uh, two New England Patriots, I loved and adored for a long time. Uh, Three time Super Bowl champions for Damien or for Devin McCourty and Dante Hightower. They both retired. I mean, these guys are just, they're just tremendous players. We remember Dante Hightower, his sack in 2017 to take the Falcons at a field goal range. I mean, he's had huge play after huge play. And Devin McCourty, I mean, the safety for the Patriots, he's hes just, he's kind of been their um, center fielder, I'll, I'll put it. He's been their deep safety for you know, the last decade or more. So just two integral pieces to the Patriots defense retire and, you know, I wish them all the best. They've done great jobs, and and uh, you know, it's it's there's gonna they're gonna have some fun celebrations there in New England this year with with Brady, uh, McCourty, and Dante Hightower. Uh, but speaking of the Patriots, former Patriots running back Damian Harris, who is a beast. This guy runs with some serious jam. I I'm a huge Damian Harris fan. He was a little bit banged up last year, and Ramondre Stevenson kind of took over the number one role. But Damian Harris signs with the Bills, an amazing pickup for the Bills. I thought the Bills needed a horse like this guy. He'll provide that. It's a great pickup. So he's heading to Buffalo. Uh, the Houston Texans sign uh, stud tight end Dalton Schultz. So Dalton Schultz heading to the Texans. Um, Cam Newton. 
Cam Newton wants to make a return to the NFL. He came out with his classic spiel of there's not 32 guys better than me, blah, blah, blah. He went out to Auburn Pro Day and looked pretty good. But like, what does a pro day do in ter- in regard to like what you can play, what you can do in an NFL game? Like, let's not forget Zach Wilson put on a clinic last year at his pro day. So we'll be, you know, we'll we'll figure it out and, and monitor that front. I could see him signing with the team. Do I think he's going to be a stud? No chance. Um, I did want to talk about this actually before we move into the UFC. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo obviously signed. He's going to be the Vegas Raiders quarterback this year. Well, there was a brothel in Vegas that has offered Jimmy G free lifetime sex as long he's yeah, so. We'll see if he takes him up on that offer. I don't think a guy that looks like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be needing a free sex offer, but. I just thought uh, I'd mention that that that's on the table from a Vegas brothel. Um, and just finally, in the UFC this week, it's a fight night, so it'll be free on ESPN and, and TSN uh, for the Canadian listeners. Uh, we've got Vera versus Sandhagen. Corey Sandhagen, Sandhagen, one of my favorite fighters in the Bantamweight division. I think he wins, so if you want to bet on that, Corey Sandhagen, I think he's minus 150. Um, but ladies and gentlemen, we have a big weekend ahead in sports. Um, like I said, I'm going to be trying out some different guests here in the next few weeks, so we'll see how that goes. I would love your input and your feedback. Get in the chalkboard app. Make sure you're in, into the TaylorMade giveaway. Uh, but ladies and gentlemen, have a fantastic weekend, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday.